Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. This message is proclaimed daily on the Watchman on the Wall podcast. You can listen to insightful interviews, current events from a biblical perspective, and prophecy that helps you make sense of the world around you as a podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Watchman on the Wall on your favorite podcast platform. Watchman on the Wall daily podcast is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, and TuneIn. Watchman on the Wall daily podcast, another way to reach the world and proclaim that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in the Beacon's Light. Growing up in Pennsylvania, I'm familiar with covered bridges. Of the over 500 still existing in 16 states, Pennsylvania has the most, 219, and about 150 of them are still in use. In the Pennsylvania Dutch country, they're called kissing bridges because young lovers could avoid prying eyes if they were able to meet in one. They're quaint, scenic, picturesque, and worth taking the time to search out. At one time, there were about 12,000 covered bridges in the United States. Vermont has the highest number in a small area with 106. If someone wanted to do the research, he would learn that the earliest covered bridges date back to the 11th century in Europe. But since I just mentioned that, you don't need to do the research. If you're still curious, you could find that the oldest still existing covered bridge is in Lucerne, Switzerland. It was built in 1333. Now, it's been rebuilt or restored several times, but still has some original parts. If you're traveling in New England and found the Cornish-Windsor Bridge, which connects New Hampshire to Vermont, you could cross the longest wooden bridge in the country at 449 feet with two 200-foot spans plus approaches. Needless to say, it's rather impressive to see. In 1886, the $9,000 cost was surely a lot of money, but today that wouldn't cover the cost of shingles to patch the roof. Other than their charm and the scenic improvement they provide, someone who had never seen one before and was dropped into an area where there are several of these structures would surely wonder why they were there. They are true antiques and serve no up-to-date function when compared to the modern steel and concrete structures that may be nearby and crossing the same body of water. Typically, if they are deemed safe for automobile traffic, the speed limit going through them could be as low as 5 miles per hour, and there may not be room for two cars to pass side by side. Depending on the area, The horse and buggy you may need to wait for seems a much better choice for these delicate structures. 
Over the years, many have been swept away by floods and have needed to be rebuilt. Some have been victims of fire, others of rot or neglect. Fortunately, the cost of rebuilding is considerably lower than it would be if it was one of the more modern bridges. Why, you legitimately ask, are they covered? Well, most have wood shingled roofs, and except for a small window on the sides of some, almost all are covered on the sides as well. The answer to your question is almost too simple. Wood, which you might remember was the primary building material available back then, and it was plentiful, but it was also not permanent for reasons mentioned a minute ago. As long as the floods and the fires did not come, the bridge could last for a long time with an occasional new set of shingles on the roof and maybe the replacement of the floor timbers, especially near the open ends that couldn't be protected from the elements. It was the essence of practicality. Imagine your home without a roof. Wouldn't that be a thrill? If you live in areas prone to hurricanes or tornadoes, you might have been without a roof after a storm passed by. It would be difficult to imagine the actual experience, but it is a sure thing you would have gotten a new roof installed as quickly as possible. All of your belongings below the roof would be at risk during the interim time. Other coverings come to mind as we look at real life. We might be glad for an umbrella on a stormy day. A parasol like Mary Poppins had could be a real advantage, but I don't think they're still in production today. A windy day could have the same results, but it might be better just to have an umbrella for the standard reasons. We need the basic covering of clothes. Adam and Eve, before they sinned, were clothed in the righteousness of God. How that worked, we cannot fully know, but it must have been an awesome thing. Can you imagine the sudden shock of being stark naked for the first time? There are some who think the nudist lifestyle has its advantages, but with everything in a proper balance, there is no reason to consider it as a viable alternative to being appropriately attired in public. Scripture is clear about avoiding lustful thoughts. Nudism doesn't aid in following God's direction for life. Initially, fig leaves. Adam and Eve and their successors to this day have found a need for clothing. Clothes don't need to be elaborate or expensive. They need to be functional. And as long as they meet the basic needs, all is well. We are bombarded constantly with radio and television advertising trying to convince us to use one of the providers of auto insurance. It's required almost everywhere that automobiles and trucks are on the road. Why? practicality. We've all seen or read about wrecks that resulted in extreme property damage and loss of life. The one who was negligent and determined to be the cause of such a disaster would never be able to meet the legal responsibilities of liability without a really good insurance policy. A policy like that provides what is called coverage. One of the insurance companies even uses an umbrella as its logo. While we're talking about insurance, there's personal life insurance that covers a variety of needs. 
homeowner's insurance, appliance replacement insurance, and a long list of other kinds of insurance that people will purchase to be sure that they are covered. How sad it is when people forget the coverage that is needed most of all. Yet, unlike commercial policies, costs us absolutely nothing. Returning to the concept of nudity, there is a nakedness that is worse than having no clothes in public. Luke 12.3 says, Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Even our whispered words will someday be revealed to our shame. There is no escaping God's ear. There is, however, a wonderful opportunity to clear the record, to have all of our sins covered, not just with a layer of dirt or a blanket, but to have all of them removed from our record permanently. Quoting from Psalm 32, Paul wrote these encouraging words to the early Roman believers. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That's Romans 4, 7, and 8. Our sins can be totally gone, expunged from the record when forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but I've run into people who think sin is no big deal. They might try to tell you that everyone sins sooner or later, so it can't be that big of a deal. God is big enough that he'll just look the other way. They forget that God is at a purity level that exceeds ivory soap, which claims to be 94 and 44 one-hundredths percent pure. That's not bad on a human scale. It's about as good as a hospital operating room could hope for. It's good enough for our clothes and everyday hand washing. But compared to God's purity, even those 60 one-hundredths percent of impurity is huge. Remember, a miss is as good as a mile. So, at the bottom line, how can we be fully covered? Auto, home, and life insurance doesn't guarantee problems will never happen, just that when they do, we're covered. That isn't good enough to get us into heaven. We need to know that when a problem does occur, when sins come in our lives, we have coverage. Here it is from 1 John 1, 6 through 10. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. In chapter 2, John continues the thought. He says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. 
And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That coverage, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, puts us on the path to the time when we will see Jesus as he is in a new and glorified body, just like Adam and Eve had before they sinned and made a mess of everything. May not just our bridges be covered, but our homes, autos, lives, and eternal futures be covered. Thank you, Jesus, for covering our sins with your precious blood. In the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins.